Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Well, tonight is the last of the media fast. So I asked my children this morning, I said, you know you have a lot of kids when you say, how many of you? (laughs) I said, how many of you want to bring media back in the house? And not one of them raised their hand. I don't know if they were trying to be spiritual, trying to impress me, I don't know. And, uh, but certainly, certainly I have, I have, and I know my children have, now for weeks have not asked for one thing. It's amazing that when it's not an option, it's not an option. Have you all noticed that during the media fast that you don't stop being entertained, you just change your entertainment and your entertainment becomes each other? Have you have noticed that? I don't know if it's a little bit quiet here tonight because some of you didn't do the media fast like you should have, so you need to repent. Amen. And I, I want to say strongly to the church that if you couldn't shut off social media for three weeks, you're addicted. You're addicted. You can say amen or oh me, but it's the truth anyhow. And we got to be very, very careful that we do not get addicted to modern technology that's hindering us from the things of God. I know I'm getting after you. I haven't even read my text yet. I've already preached a good sermon already, haven't I? Yeah. Let's all stand. And uh, how do you know you're addicted to something? When you make excuses to keep it. When your pastor asks you to lay it down for a few days. And um, we don't need to be addicted to anything. God didn't call us to be in bondage. He called us to have dominion. How many realize today that we should be in control of our lives? As Christians, discipline and disciples sound a whole lot whole lot alike. And uh, it's amazing over the years the excuses I've heard people make of why they still need it in their life. Different things, media in their life. Fact of the matter is deep down, to be honest, they, they've created an addiction for it. And by creating an addiction for it, they justify it. And uh, I made my mind up years ago when I committed to the Lord. I said, I do not want anything to control me. Whether it's coffee, candy, sugar, meat so that's why we do fast to make sure that we are have dominion in our life it's hard to have spiritual dominion if you do not have dominion over your own flesh how many know this and uh, before we read the Bible I want you to just lift your hands as an offering to the Lord say God for three weeks now almost four that we have an offering to you to get closer to you God, just a a burn offering, really. Just something that we could give, God, to set the stage for the rest of our year. We want to be holy. We want to be righteous. We want to be pure. God, we want to do your will. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody say amen. Job 31 and 1. Job 31 and 1. Let's look and see what it says uh, here today. We'll also be reading from the book of Leviticus Job 31, I think this is something that all of us need to do tonight before we leave this room. My subject is balancing 
balancing media in the home. Job 31 and 1, he said, I made a covenant. Everybody say a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? He said, I made a covenant with mine eyes. The Bible says that, that when lust is what? Conceived, it brings forth sin, and when sin is finished, it brings forth death. It all starts in the mind with access to the mind by either the eye or the ear. Everybody say, I made a covenant with mine eyes. You may be seated. God bless you. I've already got on to you tonight, and I haven't, I just got started. Um, Yesterday, and, and I, I have so enjoyed my conversations with my kids even much more, and though we, we do a pretty good job, I feel, balancing media in our own home, and, and certainly I know you would expect me to as your pastor and as a leader in this congregation. Um, so last night, randomly asking questions such as, how many children are you going to have? You know, one of these days, I, I hope I have a whole bunch of grandkids around me, you know. And uh, we try to have a few kids. In my mind, I thought to myself, the more kids we have, the better chance I'll have one that's going to stay near me when I'm 60. I was looking at investment. And because uh, it matters when you're 60. And um, I, last night I was asking the kids, you know, how many, how many, how many children do you want to have? You know, and it depends on how chaotic our house is on that given day that they give an answer like one or five. One of them said five. We got the we got the fear. And I said, "How many kids you want to have?" He said, five thousand. <laughs> he said, "No, no, 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 no." He said, seven thousand. I said, "Why seven thousand?" He said, "Because I'm seven. Of course, he obviously didn't have a clue what we were talking about. Children and time together. And I want you to understand that your children need you. Balancing media in the home, media in the home in a culture that demands, uh, in most cases, both parents working and you find time when you get home, little time for yourself and you're working hard to, to keep up with the modern economy and you get home and there's homework and there's, 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 there's involvement that the children are in, maybe with their schools or some level of sports or something in the church and ministries and you find a little time and sometimes the only time that you have to yourself is when the kids are quiet or asleep. And you find it's easy to find quiet time with your kids under some level of entertainment. And what you'll find is the cheapest babysitter you can find is media. Isn't that true? You can, you can give them a phone and turn it to the, to the uh, Disney app and they can, they can have limit, unlimited time where their attention is focused and, and they're not wavering from one room to the other, not, not doing anything unsafe. They're just glued if you will, to a spot on the screen while you can get what you need done, maybe read a book, maybe do something you need to do. And I, I think we're not careful, though it it's makes restaurants easier when you and your spouse are trying to have a decent conversation. The kids aren't screaming. You just hand them a phone. Anybody guilty of that? I'm not even saying it's wrong. I'm, I sometimes thank the Lord for it. Uh, 
just had a decent conversation. They got a little phone they're watching. And, you know, you go on a long road trip, and you're sort of glad you got a portable DVD player. Can I get a witness from somebody? I know you're all quoting verses and having prayer meeting all the way to Florida. But that, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a different type of prayer meeting that I'm having on the way to Florida if their attention not set at some period. I get real. Am I real with anybody? And uh, and I think media, whether we want to admit to it or not, it is a part of our family in some way, shape, or form. And growing up, the the source of media was simply a radio or a television. But now I remember sitting in seventh grade and my teacher in shop class, and he wanted to brainstorm. We called it and throw ideas out what we thought the future would look like. And I remember him making the statement. He said, one of these days, those big computers, everything it can do is going to be on your, on your wrist in a watch size form. And I remember thinking, man, that would be cool, but I don't know how that's going to happen. And sure enough, you all have got Apple watches in here right now that you can take what it reads about your body to your cardiologist. And if you have some heart issues or things go irregular in your heartbeat, it will alarm you right on the spot that your heart rate's not, not where it should be. It, it, it will track how many steps you've made in the day. Matter of fact, it will, it will track where you've been and where you go. I get in my truck, my, my phone uh, sinks to my truck, and it tells me where it thinks I'm getting ready to go. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It tells me my destination. I didn't even say take me home. It tells me to the point or the tenth of a mile where I'm going to go, what time I'll be there. And, and if there is even any traffic and would give me a better route to get where I'm going because it's tracking me. To say that media is not a part of our life, we're oblivious and we're ignorant to it. And so today is the question is not removing media from your home. The question here or the statement will be is we need to balance media in our home. To stay in control of it instead of it controlling us. If you have a phone in here today, would you get your phone out? There might be somebody that didn't come to church tonight because they were on their way, forgot their phone, decided to go back home because they can't come to church without a phone. Phone, hold your phone up. All right, I'm, I'm going to show you something real simple. On the side right there, that's an off button. Now, now let's do yourself and, and, and do yourself a favor. I want you to turn your phone off. Reach up there and turn that off. Now, if you're on call, don't turn your phone off. But maybe turn it off and you say, phone didn't ring. Turn your phone off. All right, you got your phone off? You just controlled your phone. Is it okay to have a moment where the phone can't ring? I mean, are we that important that there can't be a moment that our phone can't ring? How about notifications? Everybody say notifications. Notifications are... Or it tells you when you need to look at it. It lets you know if somebody commented on one of your social media pages. It lets you know when you need to do what. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need your phone telling you what to do. And 
And somehow when you download, download certain apps and things of this nature, I'm just going to be practical here with you tonight. I'll get spiritual in a moment. But if we're not careful, that phone's constantly buzzing. We can't even keep a decent conversation because it's buzzing. You can't read your Bible. You can't pray. You can't talk to your spouse. It's amazing. I go to restaurants and I look and a family of four is at the table and everybody at the table is on their phone. They didn't go there to the fellowship. They went there to eat. It was dinner and entertainment. Back years ago, James Dobson did a study on on out of a thousand, he had a hundred, I believe it was a thousand surveyed what he considered a hundred successful families. In those hundred successful families, kids live for God. They went and got a career, some level of education or whatever, and uh, the family stayed together. The family didn't separate and went down the line what it was category, category of it. You know what the common denominator of a hundred families were that were successful? It was camping. Camping. It wasn't church. It was simply camping. You know why camping? Because before the days of cell towers in everybody's backyard, there was forced communication. Forced communication. And I'm going to tell you right now, we are so caught up in a culture to where we are trying to have communication without visibility. You have not completed social communication if you have not seen their face. Communication is not a text. It's a form, but it's not fulfilled. Paul made a statement when he wrote in the epistles. He said, I'm going to come and see you face to face so that my joy might be made complete. Because communication by a letter has a level of effect. But until we're face to face, our relationship is not complete. Isn't it amazing people can sit right beside each other and text each other? I just want to introduce and say, turn around and say hello. But we are so enamored because what this has done has created a pathway of pleasure in the brain that we get more out of communicating through the device, listen, through the device than we do actually interacting with people. Because phones are linked to a part of your brain that is fantasy oriented instead of real oriented. And we are driven by entertainment and fantasy which causes a level of pleasure that's really not attainable or reachable and it's not real. And I'm going to tell you what the people of God got to do. I'm not against entertainment if it's holy, if it's righteous, if it's pure. But the day that real relationships no longer matter because you would desire a fantasy relationship, communicating through a device instead of face-to-face. So glad to see Sister Barsati here tonight. Would you stand? We honor you. You'll be hearing more from them on Sunday. When, on our mission Sunday, but Sister Sister Barsati, it's good to see you face to face. Every now and then, I see you FaceTime, communicate through through uh, uh, through through the phone, but it's different face to face. I'm sure you appreciate your family a little more right now that you get to see them. And boy, Zion growing up, my land's 14 years old. Aren't we glad to have him in town? We're so thankful for you. But what happens is, instead of enjoying moments, would you
throw that picture on, on the screen, this is what has happened to America. Famous person is coming by, and look, they're trying to get the perfect shot instead of enjoying the moment of what they've come to see. Except this lady. She's just taking it all in. She didn't have a device in her hands. She's just enjoying the view. And if we're not careful, we'll be more about what we can see virtually than what we can see in reality. Balancing media in the home. You know what I think? I think she's enjoying herself more than the rest of them. Except this lady right here. Somebody said this is more of a balanced view of modern America. Her eyes are on what she's looking for while she's also taking a snapshot. And so I'm teaching you tonight that if we're not careful, we'll be so about trying to get the, the best picture of our family when we're not enjoying the moments of them being right with us at all the time. There's a moment in your life that you've got to turn this off and enjoy what God has placed in your care. And I want to, I'm going to move on to some things here, but, uh, and I realize after tonight, you're going to implement back into your life and uh, some level of media and some level of entertainment and maybe the news. I don't, even, I don't even know what's going on out there. I really don't. I'm glad. I'm glad. But I will incrementally begin to add on Starting, starting maybe later tonight, tomorrow. But how many's ever noticed that incrementally you add on? The Bible says here little, and there little, until you're not you're back on the same path. How many of you in the room found more time without during the media fast? How many of you found more time in the Word and more time in, in prayer? How many can be honest? Yeah, you found more time. You found that your emotions were stabilized. Somebody said, man, I feel so happy. You don't even know why you feel happy except that your brain is no longer controlled by the appetite of entertainment or media. I, uh, I'm trying to say these things the best way that I can tonight. But if we're not careful, we'll allow media to become the place of validation and a place of whether we're either validated or, or our insecurities are fueled. Young people, it's a dangerous place because when they make a post, it is so designed in social media that when they make a picture that they've chosen out of maybe a hundred taken, the perfect angle. I didn't know this, but you know that women have a good side and a bad side? You all obviously have heard that too. I mean, women have a, I, I don't, maybe guys do too, but they're not going to tell anybody. I'm going to tell you right now. If they do, they're in trouble. But they have a, a better angle, and so they find the angle, and they're trying to get the angle in a, in a, in a we live now in a selfie world until they filter the picture, they get the best angle. They get the one. If you take it just a little bit higher, it doesn't show the double chin. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. Am I right or wrong? 
and you go through all the pictures getting the best image of yourself because in reality, in North America in 2020, we don't want to be real. We, want, we just want it to be the best angle, the best, the best, the best, the best. And, and then you post this picture. You know, sometimes people post pictures and they'll, they'll have the best angle. They know they're looking good in that picture. Look at the waterfalls behind me in the post. It ain't nothing about, it's not about the waterfalls. You love that angle. <laughs> oh, I just jumped off the cliff in this tonight, huh? Some guy's real buff. He's been working out. And he's like, I love the spring. <laughs> I love the weather. But what's happened is it's so designed that on the bottom it has comments and likes. And as soon as they post it, they're going to go back to the picture and see if anybody liked them and the image which they portrayed. And if there's not very many likes and it's not the comments that they want, then what happens to their self-esteem? It's either validated or it's made to be insecure. And if your parents aren't careful, your children will base who they are on how their image is portrayed in a very cruel world. I found out not too long ago that you can actually buy likes. You can actually purchase friends to make it look like you have a lot of followers. I'm talking to you here tonight because I don't want my children to base who they are on how many people like their picture or how many people follow them. Heard of one, one person that had maybe 10,000 plus friends, a young lady, but she didn't have one friend at camp. Followers and portrayed. And I've noticed over the years that people that constantly post about how amazing their marriage is in the background, it's suffering. How amazing, I'm not talking about occasionally, but always trying to throw something out there is really what you see on social media. It's just like entertainment. It's just fake. Let's be careful what we portray to our peers and our family because even in this church, it's hard to follow somebody that seems like they have it more together than you. And you start doing something that Paul said without social media, and that is you start comparing yourselves among yourselves. And when you're working hard and doing your best, there's always somebody going to be posting how much better they are than you, though that's not what they're saying. They just put all of their busy stuff, all the stuff they've accomplished, all of this stuff, but almost every time that somebody is posting about everything they've done, behind the scenes they are very insecure and things are not as together as you think it is. I'm just going to stop here and say this, balancing media in the home. Our validation cannot come from likes and comments. It needs to come from our relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, come, somebody say amen. Amen. I think it's all right. I think you have social media. I'm not against it. I think it should be done in balance. But I think we need to have on, if you're going to have that, people need to know you're in love with your spouse. It's not a place where you vent about what a jerk they are. 
I asked somebody one time and years ago in counseling, I said, why in the world would you put that on there about your husband? Well, I was having a bad day and just wanted to vent. I said, you vented secrets about your argument to hundreds of people. It just made me feel better. That's not the place to feel better. You ought to protect that. There's one thing to being real. There's another thing to be unwise. And what you're going to forgive, everybody's going to be thinking, man, he's a jerk. Are you, you're not helping your relationship by venting everything in your world on a social media base so you can get comments for people to have sympathy towards you. I'm telling you, why run to the... Why run to a crowd of people that's not praying for you when you can run to a Jesus who gave his life for you? Don't vent on media. Come to the cross. Don't vent on media. Come to an altar. Don't vent on media. Come to the Lord and cast all your care on him for he careth for you. Somebody say amen. Social media should not cause us to be validated or insecure. Neither should it waver us in who we are, but it absolutely is destroying people all over North America, even people in the ministry. Amen. I really don't get on it much. I, I might make a post. There might be every now and then that I will because you end up seeing things you wish you hadn't seen. How I many know oh, there's some things you can't unsee? And we have to be very careful, little eyes, what we see. And I think, how do you balance it? There ought to be a moment you say, you need to turn that off for a while. We're not going to do this for a while. We're going to go 30 days without it. Why? So we do not get pulled in to something that could be a tool that becomes a trap. Am I against social media? No, I'm not. Am I against media? No. But should it be balanced in the home? Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Let me just throw this in there. How about games on your phone? From what I've learned is the games on your phone typically come with advertisements if the game was free. I looked there one day, one of my friends, his son was playing a video game, and I looked down, and while that video game was playing, an ad came up. It was an M immoral ad that a five or six year old is looking at because the game was free be careful everybody shout be careful amen just because it's an innocent game does not mean it's not going to come with a wicked advertisement don't be ignorant of the devil's devices uh, man I feel like preaching here for a moment we cannot become casual parents casual Christians when there's a world that's trying to penetrate the home and penetrate the marriage and destroy the innocent minds of our children somebody's got to stand up and say you know what it's going to be hard work but I'm going to protect that which God has given me I'm going to protect their mind their spirit amen let's read on we're going to do a little Bible reading here for a few moments Romans 1 and verse 20 it says for the invisible God excuse me the invisible things of of him, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I mean, we understand an invisible God by things that are made. That's why we call him our Father, which art in heaven. We understand God by relationship. 
because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, help me tonight, neither were, but became vain in their, in their, van, in, 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 in their fantasies, really. They began to think about things they do not have, consumer consumption. Always wanting something you do not already have. I mean, oh, the Holy Ghost allows us to become content. I'm just going to throw this out here. We're not validated by the car we drive, what part of town we live in. That should not be what validates us. Now, the clothes that we wear, what name brand you got on, don't get caught up in that. That's not who we are. We're validated by him. Somebody say by Jesus Christ. It says, and their foolish heart was darkened. Look at your neighbor and say, how? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and forfeited beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. That, that word is talking about sensuality. It's not talking about dirty hands or dirt from the ground, unbathed. It's not talking about that. It's talking about sensual things. He said, God also gave them up to uncleanness to the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. Their emotions went toward the, the creature or a man or stuff that's from man than it did to the things of God. That's why you've got to guard your church services and guard your Sundays with everything you have. I'm telling you, the world, which is the system of the world, I'm not talking about the earth. I'm talking about the world, the system. Uh, it's coming after your godliness and it's coming after your holiness. It's coming after the things that God requires of you. I talked about protecting some things tonight, but how about protecting our devotion and our Bible reading and our prayer time and our worship with our brother and sisters? Protect it. Everybody say protect it. Amen. Guard that which God calls holy. Because if we're not careful over a period of time, here a little, there a little, we'll start serving the creature and spending, spending our emotions on the creature and entertainment more than we do the creator. It says, verse 26, for this cause God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Boy, are we seeing that? I mean, no, that's the truth. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. It's a dangerous place to become reprobate. Anybody in this room could become reprobate. You know how you do it? You ignore conscience. Ignore, ignore your, your preacher. Ignore the evangelist. Ignore the prophet. Ignore the, the convictions of God and start opposing it and pushing it back until what happens is God turns you over to you. Pulls his hand off you. He pulls his hand off of you. 
I'll tell you one of the scariest statements I've ever heard in my life is when a sinner told me, he said, it does, your preaching doesn't move me like it used to. He said, it doesn't bother me anymore when you preached. I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't because I wasn't the same man. It's because they allowed convictions just to become distant opinions. And when they said that they were becoming wise, it was really the hardening of their heart. Be careful because Hollywood and its doctrines will cause you to think that the broadening of the mind is, is, is really what's happening instead of it's the searing of the conscience. We just think more wide. We just, we just have a better view. You better be careful that your view doesn't match up with the unholy and the ungodly and the perverted instead of lining up with that book right there for God is holy, God is righteous, and God is pure. Pastor Gators, I'm going to tell you why some people quit coming to church because they've embraced the doctrines of Satan. They've embraced the doctrines of this world instead of the things of God. And when we start preaching things that are holy, it makes them angry, it makes them uncomfortable, and they begin to push. They can't come because they've embraced the doctrine of this world, which is liberal, it's sensual, it's perverted. It's satanic. The Bible says that the spirit speaks expressly. That in the latter times, in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Come on, I'm preaching to you right now. Don't you let your conscience become seared by the perverted entertainment that's trying to get in every avenue through your media. You need to cut it off. You need to shut it off and say, not in my house. I'm not having ungodliness in my home. Come on, I think somebody ought to shout hallelujah. My daddy taught me, he said, boy, he said sin is a problem, but it's not the biggest problem. He said it's when a man starts feeling good about sin that it becomes a very dangerous place. Feeling good about sin. What happens with media? I'm gonna tell you, there's a reason we don't go to movie theaters. There's a reason I preach against it. It's a reason I, I teach against it. Sometimes I, I feel alone in it. I'm gonna tell you why I don't. Because there's no governing of what goes on in those places. There's a residue there of ungodliness and cleanness that happens in there, horror movies. And nobody in this church ought to be watching horror movies. I don't care if it's Halloween season or not. You don't need that trash in your life. You don't need that. Your kids don't need that. Thinking somebody's under their bed, somebody's going to slice their feet. Come on. Oh, we just want to be scared. You remember, the only place in Scripture where it says no faith, this is why are you fearful? Fear is not of God. Why would we want our babies to be scared? Why would we want our babies to be afraid of demons and ghosts and spirits and all that, all that crazy stuff? No, they shouldn't live in fear. They ought to live in faith. God is for me. God is ahead of me. God's working with me. That's why we ought to be putting it in our mind. God's not against you. He's for you. Somebody say Amen. Well, it's a classic. You need to throw your classics in the trash can. That's the truth. Somebody say amen. amen. And so if we're not careful, our conscience becomes seared. And I'm going to tell you what I believe. Not in all cases, like the truth of knowledge of good and evil. I'm sure there's some good things come out of Hollywood. But you know what? I think there's some evil things that come out of there as well. And I believe doctrines, doctrines 
that are full of the spirit of the Antichrist. It's anti that book. Making your kids feel like they can explore sexuality before marriage. Making your kids think that it's okay to marry outside of a, a heterosexual relationship. So it's okay for a man to marry a man and a lady to marry a lady. That is a doctrine of our world. But it's not in the Bible. How I many know it's not in the Bible? I'm not being mean here today. I believe God can save people that have fallen to the sin of homosexuality. The same way God can save by the fell into adultery. Amen. I'm not here. I'm not here to, to, to be mean. But I'm going to tell you right now, just because God loves the homosexual doesn't mean that he loves homosexuality. Amen. I'm going to say it this way. And just because God is against homosexuality doesn't mean that God is against, is, that God uh, hates the homosexual. Oh, no. How many know God hates sin, but he loves the sinner? We got to be righteous here today. Somebody's got to stand up in a world of confusion and draw the line in the sand and say, Thus saith the word, thus saith the Lord, this is from the word of God. Amen. Somebody shout amen. You can be seated. And I believe that what purpose in a lot of media is that its role and its goal is to desensitize us. To do what? To accept the spirit of the Antichrist. So that when he shows up, you're comfortable with him. And then when he does the miracles that he can do, cause an element of power that he will have you will think that he is some great power of God and he's nothing more but the Satan incarnate. How? From one generation to the next. I do. I speak to you in the fear of God. I really do. I'm your, your pastor, a shepherd. That's to stand and say some things should never be allowed in our mind, in our ear, in our spirit. It's interesting, isn't it, that Jezebel, Jezebel shows up and here a little there a little, she converts almost an entire nation. I read another place in scripture that there was a man by the name of Uzziah. And I, I say this to, the, to everyone here today. Is his name was Uzziah. He was 16 years old. He was a powerful leader. Uh, the Bible says as long as he sought, sought the Lord, Brother Scarlet, the Lord prospered him. As long as he sought God. He was unwise. He was too young. Probably, certainly, I wouldn't want a 16-year-old pastor, would you? or a mayor, or a president. But he was 16. But what was really against him was foreign because he didn't know what to do, so he had to seek God for every decision and God would give him the answer. And how many know there's none wiser than the wisdom of God? Amen. And so, but years later, I forget how many years, decades, I think maybe 40 to 50 years he reigned. And uh, the Bible says, but when he became strong, he became the, you're talking about a war's race. He invented the catapult. Uh, he, he machines that can knock walls down. He invented the ram, uh, the, the ram that could knock through walls. I mean, he he was very advanced engineering in his day. And he got to a place that he said, "I don't need a preacher. I'll just go to God myself and do it my way." And he bypasses scriptural order, and he goes in to offer up his own incense. And the priest said, you can't do that. I know you're the king, but 
That's not what you're allowed to do. You need somebody that stands between you and God. Everybody in this room. Hey, don't you become so holy that it's just you and your family and Jesus. It, you, you need a priest in your life that says, hey, this is what the Bible says. Because if we're not careful, culture will blend the lines. I mean, no, it's true. Of thus saith the Lord. And uh, he reaches out. Pastor uh, Gators, come here for a minute. And the priest goes to stop him. And uh, he reaches out. When he reaches out and touches the priest, leprosy comes on his body. Hear me, the day you push the word away from you, you push the principles of God and those that stand, the day you push it, it's like leprosy, which is a symbolic to sin, starts in your life. You've got to have his word. Listen, your children need preached to. You need preached to. Your spouse needs preached to. Because the day you push the word away, sin enters into your life. Come on, how many know this is true? I feel this right now. We've got to have his word. I don't want to push his word away. I don't want to push the things of God away. I'm trying to be mindful of the time. I'm talking about balancing media, and I'll show you why. Uzziah dies a leper, which means he was not allowed to go to the house of God. Uzziah had a son. His name was Jotham. Jotham did that, was right in the eyes of the Lord, but never went to church one day. Jotham has a son, and his name is Ahaz. Not only did he not go to church, he was evil in everything he did. And he nailed the doors of the church shut so nobody could go. And then took the altars and broke them down and got the blueprint from the neighboring king that conquered him and built an altar unto their God and caused his own kids, even Hezekiah, to walk through fires. How many ever seen fire walkers? They call it asceticism. That they would walk through fires in altars, send their children in painful fires to heathen gods. Because what Uzziah did affected his son, that affected his grandson, that put his great-grandson in the flames on altars to heathen gods. Because if I can impact you, it's going to impact three to four generations. See, the same spirit in that day is the same spirit now. When you read about the God of the Philistines, and I'm going to talk about Molech in just a moment. I'm trying to, I try to end by eight, but let me just obey the Holy Ghost here. But when you talk about Molech, I don't believe, I don't believe there's all... It calls them the God of the Philistines and God of the, of course, little G in Scripture. But you know what I believe? I believe they were spirits. Spirits of deception. Spirits of, 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 of false doctrine. And that would waver children. The Bible says they went whoring, whoring after other gods. And you see this. I only believe there's one God. But we have to be careful not to bend our heart toward the spirits of Antichrist. Man, y'all feel what I'm talking about? And uh, I don't care what type of form that it comes in. You better be careful to allow wizardry. Well, that's just animation. It's just a kid's. God have mercy. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. I want you to lift your hands and say, God, help me to guard the media in my home. Come on, if you're watching online, don't turn me off yet. I got a few more minutes here. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know what Hezekiah did? And some of y'all, I said y'all, somebody asked me today, they said, where are you from? 
I laughed. I was in a dental chair laughing. I said, what makes you think that? I said, West Virginia. She said, I thought you were more southern than that. Hezekiah got a Bible out. He said, I'm going to go back. I want what great granddaddy had. See, some of y'all are the products of somebody else's decision, what they brought in your life, in your home. and Some of the abuse you dealt with was because of what somebody generationally down the road allowed in their home that was against their conscience, that caused you to be the product. I'm just going to tell you right now, you don't have to live that way anymore. You can stand up being Hezekiah and say, I'm going to turn back to God and the Lord will clean it all up. You can repent. How many know that? You can start a new place, a new way. You really can. God, I don't want that spiritual stuff. I don't want that thing in my life. Let's, let's go to the book of Leviticus chapter 20. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 20. And uh, got a few minutes here that I want us to embrace something here today. Um, if we're going to have media, it shouldn't validate us or cause us to become insecure. How many agree with that? I think also, if we're going to have media, it shouldn't cause us to think unholy thoughts. I've had people to call me, two, two different people one time called me, and uh, they, didn't, they didn't know each other were listening to the same radio program. They were listening to an ESPN radio, and I, I can't say I'm against, against it. I don't listen to it, but they came to me with the same thing, and they said, man, I have had lustful thoughts while I'm listening to that radio broadcast in the mornings. Within one week, both tremendously godly men came to me individually, had not talked to each other, and said, I'm battling with these thoughts. Why? Interesting, isn't it? That just through the ear, then I began to, I, I had seen somewhere in a public place, the show that they, I saw it on the television in a public place, the show they were listening to in the mornings, and in the background was sensual pictures everywhere. So what was simply through a radio caused their mind to become unholy. And what you've got to do in the balance of media, you have the Holy Ghost. Listen to God. Come on, how many's ever turned something in the first five minutes? Something said, uh-uh. Come on. There's more to the Holy Ghost than speaking in tongues. Come on, he said, be ye holy as I am holy. The spirit of truth will lead and guide you into all truth. And when the Holy Ghost says no, why argue with him? I don't care who recommended it. Let me hit that for a minute. Somebody said, well, you know, somebody I really trust, they recommended. Don't, don't, don't override the Holy Ghost because a good person told you to watch something that's bad. There's none good, no, not one, but I know one that's better. I know one that's great. I've got to listen to the spirit of God that he gave me. Come on, how many's glad for the Holy Spirit? How I many know he can say no to whatever he wants to say no to? And so let's, let's read this today. And so what am I watching? What am I allowing? What am I going to allow my children to see? And the Lord spake unto Moses, verse 1, saying, Again, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever he be of the children of Israel, or the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech. Molech was who? Molech. Name means king, but he was the god of the Ammonites. And the Ammonites were birthed out of drunkenness. If we're not careful, we will become drunk on media. And emotions. You allow emotions to get too high. I don't care if it's depression. 
I don't care if it's sensuality. I don't care if it's anger. If you're not careful, you will become intoxicated on your own emotions. And it will always produce confusion and chaos. I want everybody to say this right now. I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes and my emotions. You don't need to get that angry. Look at your neighbor and say, Amen. You don't need to let yourself think that low. Birth out of drunkenness. Incest, actually. He shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. And we're certainly not going to stone anybody, but I think there's a principle in this. And I will set my face against that man, will cut him off among his people, because he hath given of his seed unto Molech to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do anyways hide their eyes from the man when he giveth of his seed unto Molech and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man and against his family and will cut him off and all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people. He said, not only am I going to deal with the man that gave his seed to Molech, which they would offer infants to the altar. That's evil. You okay out there? He said, but the man that tolerates it will have the same judgment that didn't stop it as the one that actually committed it. Hold that thought. Go back to Romans 1. Romans 1. I'm going to go over just a couple minutes, but I won't be long. You okay out there? Hey Amen. God's going to bless your kids and let them sleep real good tonight. Watch this. Verse 26, for God... Romans 1, 26, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. That's judgment. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and went on and talked about through 27. Look at verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, Wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God. Well, that's a bad list, isn't it? Haters of God, haters of God, haters of God. Despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Without, my goodness, you better be careful what you feed them. They're going to become disobedient. I mean, no, that's what produce, that's produces without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. It goes on and says, we knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. You see that? It's talking about these, these sins. It's talking about this category of people. Then it says, commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. He said the judgment that goes to the person that commits these deeds will be the same judgment of people that have pleasure in them that do it. He said the judgment to all that category of sinful people, somebody that has pleasure in watching it, will get the same judgment. I want you to think about it. I don't want to rush beyond the point. He said, not only will the judgment come to the person that offer his children on the altars of Molech, 
but the guy that lets him do it, that tolerates it, that allows it, is going to have the same judgment as the guy that sacrificed his kid on heathen altars to Molech. And if we're not careful, what we will do, because it's entertainment, it's amazing, isn't it? That, that entertainment will allow people in your home that you would never let in your house. I'm going to say it again. Entertainment will allow people in your home that you would never let in your house. Why? It's entertainment. Let's not be deceived by categorizing it as entertainment. I know it sounds strong, but if you're not careful, if you watch it, you get the same response as somebody that does it. And if you get the same gratification by watching it as somebody else that's doing it, don't you think it's equal sin? This is real. Why am I here? Because culture says just watch whatever. You know, I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. you got to be careful. I don't care if it is on Netflix. Well, it's on Netflix. Uh, some, of the, some of the things that people allow because they justify, don't you listen to your flesh? And I'm going to tell you something none of you should ever say. Oh, pastor, but I know my heart. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're, you're deceived if you make that statement. I'm not being mean tonight. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be biblical with you. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Don't you say, well, I know my heart. No, you need to know the Bible. And sometimes your decision has nothing to do with emotion. I've got to do what God says. I've got to kill this flesh. I've got to kill this. I've got to kill these desires. I've got to kill these lusts. I've got to kill. Let's all stand. I've got to kill the things in my life. Amen, amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. He goes on and makes a statement. He said, and the soul, look at verse six. And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards. That word turneth means to look to, to look at, to look toward. Wizardry, familiar spirits. I'm gonna tell you. These, it shows up in kids shows but it has equal consequences vampire series but it's got a good little love story if I was the devil now I, I know some of you might judge me harshly on, on this and think I'm a little out there but it is what it is a little cartoon we was watching a uh, Snow White, it's a classic. And uh, some things you don't recognize when you watch TV all the time, but you don't watch stuff very often. You go back and watch something and your kids don't watch stuff constantly. But there's a witch in that story with a little red apple, deceiving. They bite of that and she dies. How many know the story? I can't say that it really bothered me a lot. But after we go to bed and there's a little knock at my door, it bothered me a little bit because it was a witch in my house under the form of a cartoon. Would you let a witch in your house? What are you going to be with? Would you let a wizard in your house? Could, would you let a wizard come in and have conversations with your kids? How do you know what's lying behind the animation? and its intent. Somebody better have the Holy Ghost in here. 
Look at your neighbor and say, don't become desensitized. I preached about Balaam. You need to go back and watch it. Balaam said, I can't curse him, but I know how to get him cursed. You start becoming infatuated with wizardry and vampires and death. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. You can get mad at me, but I'm, I'm not changing. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm not moving on this. I'm not moving on it. And the soul that turneth after such have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a whoring after them. I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. It's amazing that sometimes people will end up feeling disconnected from God. They can't pray. I'm going to tell you why. They got wizards in their house. They got familiar spirits in their home under the title that the devil slipped it in on entertainment. That's right. Hey, where's your emotion going anyhow? Before you judge me, when's the last time you wept over a soul? I know I'm coming across. I don't know how to come across different tonight. I'm going to tell you, we got to balance this. We don't need wizards in our house. God, I feel stirred. It's amazing that apostolics are allowing, allowing in their homes what the first church burnt in books. Took out and burnt it. It was, it was books on wizardry. And I think I made my point. I'll move on. I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. I think sometimes the reason people feel disconnected because of what they've allowed in their house <laughs> has nothing to do with anything else, that the church doesn't love them, God doesn't love them, but the fact of the matter is, there's some things God will not tolerate. He said, when you look toward wizardry, when you look toward that stuff, go, verse 7 says, sanctify yourselves. You know what that means? You cut some things out of your life. You make your home holy. You make your home pure. Yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Verse 24, look what it says. But I have said unto you, ye shall inherit their land. I will give it. There's a reason people don't have dominion and churches don't have dominion where God wants to give them the land. It's because they have become partakers of what's in the land. You cannot have spiritual authority over something you entertain yourself with. Come on. You cannot have spiritual authority over something that you entertain yourself with. And when Jillian comes down and knocks on my door and says, Daddy, Daddy, yeah, baby, I'm troubled. I said, is it, is it snow white? Is that what she said, yeah, something doesn't feel right. I'm troubled. You can laugh if you want to. The Bible says out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. You know what I did? I took Snow White and threw in the trash. It will never show in my house again because I'm not going to dare override that baby's conviction because it's a Hollywood classic. I'm not going to do it. You know what I did? I grabbed her hand, grabbed her hand. We got down beside the bed. I don't know any other way to pastor except to be transparently honest. I got down beside the bed and we held hands. And I said, oh God, forgive me for allowing something in this house and playing something in this house that troubles my daughter's spirit. God, I'm asking you to forgive me. God, as a dad, to allow that, I'm praying that God, you will help me and help her have peace in her spirit tonight and let her sleep good and let her feel your spirit instead of troubled by something else. 
Come on, if you watch it long enough, you'll become comfortable with things that God hates. Read on. It says, but I have said unto you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Everybody read this with me. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. Look at it. I have separated you from other people. It doesn't matter what culture's doing. It matters what God is doing. How many wants to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church? Amen. Make a covenant with your eyes. There's some things I've been tempted because culturally people talk about it. Friends have talked about things. But you know what? I've made a covenant. And I've said, I'm not letting that category in my house. I'm not going to let that type in my house. I'm not going to let my kids sit. No matter who says it's good. No matter who says it's okay. Because I've made a covenant with mine eyes and for my children. I'm going to stand somewhere. How many want to stand and draw a line in the sand and say, hey, we're going to be different from other people. It's okay to be different from other people. It's okay to want to be saved. I want you to lift your hands right now and love him. I want you to lift your hands and love him. God, help us to be validated by what we feel in prayer. Help us to be validated by what we get from your word. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want everybody with the wood to come and stand at this altar. I'm going to pray over you. Everybody that can, if you're physically able, amen. Lord, I pray, come and stand around the altar with Pastor. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to offer up this, this fast as we would, a food fast to the Lord. We're going to give it to God. Amen. Amen. Many of you have probably found yourself already more emotionally connected, more emotionally moved and weepy before the Lord. Any witness of that? You have found yourself more emotionally weepy. Anybody feel conviction? Just take a moment and love him, pray to the Lord. Would you do that, everybody in the room?
that's sensual or ungodly. Oh, I want to be pure. I want to be righteous. Hallelujah, Jesus. Put your hands over your eyes. Let's make a covenant with God. Lord, I make a covenant with my eyes. Come on, that's it. Lord, I pray today. Help us get back to be tender again. Let our conscience be tender. Let our spirit be moved to prayer. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.